to our February episode of the PEZ Podcasts. We've got three students here to talk to you today. Matt sharing his experience on winning Apprentice of the Year. James, a final year student, speaking about his uni experience. And Angela on what it means to be a course rep. We're also joined by two fantastic guest speakers, Mike Scott talking to you about neurodiversity and Dr. Robert Morgan speaking about teaching religious education in the primary classroom. Let's begin by hearing from Matt on how he won Apprentice of the Year and what that means to him. Matt is currently one of our first year students on our blended accelerated PES degree. So over the main lockdown period, I was asked as an apprentice to create sort of some home learning work for children. And I thought, what inventive way could I do that as sort of the PE coach within my school? So I decided to create sort of a web page with lots of different active challenge videos that my children at my school can complete at home. So I created a YouTube account. I then thought of lots of different ideas that I could release every week. And each week I would come up with a different video with a different challenge for the children at my school to complete. Alongside that, I also came up with some healthy eating um, DIY videos that the children could take part in as well to ensure that they stay active, but not only active, but also healthy whilst they're at home. Now, all this hard work I put in over that lockdown period got recognised, first of all, by the college I was training at, which was Loughborough College. And then it further then got recognised by sort of the local area I was in and then through winning an award within the local area, I then got recognised nationally by the AOC, which is the National Association of Colleges, and they nominated me for the National Apprenticeship of the Year Award. And luckily, I managed to beat the rest of the nominees for that award and won won the award for National Apprentice of the Year for all of my hard work I did over lockdown. Since then, through winning those awards, I have then been asked to appear on sort of local radio stations to talk about my achievements. And it was one of the best feelings in the world to firstly get recognised, to even be nominated for such an award, but to then go on to win it and then be recognised by local radio stations for my achievements is just one of the best feelings in the world and it just shows that when you do put in that hard work and that extra effort it does get recognised. Hi my name is James I'm a student at Anglia Ruskin University in Chelmsford doing the accelerated primary education studies degree. As a mature student with a family I was a little apprehensive of starting uni but I'm so glad that I did. Despite the ups and downs over the past year or so, I've never felt more proud of myself. ARU have been so supportive too. The lecturers, tutors and the wellbeing and study skills teams have all made a really big difference, as have many of the students. I'm volunteering at two schools at the moment. One is a mainstream school where my two sons go and the other a local forest school provision supporting those with SEND. It's certainly a juggling act, but I'd have it no other way. Well, perhaps I would take an eighth day to the week but you can't have it all. Anyways, take care, good luck. 
Hello, I'm Angela. I volunteered to become course rep for the Blended Accelerated Primary Education degree. I started with some training with the student union who advised me on my role. Uh, my main duties are to be a bridge between students and lecturers and to help point students in the right direction if they ever get stuck or need some advice. It's been a rewarding experience and it's been great working with Poppy and everyone on the primary education team who are all really approachable and willing to help. Hi, this is Mike. Um, today I want to talk to you about neurodiversity and supporting students with neurodiversity. So whether you're neurodiverse yourself or you're an educator and you're trying to support a student that has neurodiversity. What do I mean by neurodiversity? Well, that is an umbrella term which covers autism, dyspraxia, dyslexia, all sorts of other ones, ADHD. Um, like I said, it's just an umbrella term and a lot of people prefer to use neurodiversity rather than stating all their different neurodivergent traits. So, for example, autism and dyslexia. And in that case, in which case, that's me. I have autism and dyslexia. So, one of the things you need to be aware of is getting either yourself or the student to self-actualize, realizing what the problems are and what the processes are included into that problem. So there might be a number of steps in which the student is okay with, but one particular one, i.e. giving vocal feedback, may not be ideal for that student. So therefore, instead of vocal feedback, you give them a written evaluation instead. Um, and that's reasonable adjustments. Um, the other thing is scaffolding, a common one in which either yourself, again, or the student will need scaffolding appropriate to the task. So that could be a research question and you're breaking that research question down into smaller components and essentially you're just chunking because a lot of students who are neurodiverse um, have problems around working memory and therefore need to have the tasks um, in smaller bite size information. And in line with that, I would also include visualization. So including either video or graphs or charts or whatever it is, pictures, alongside snippet size um, words. So not death by PowerPoint, um, where it's just page on page of uh, written material. 
And I think the final point in lines with that would be um, just be careful of the colour of the background you're using. Make sure it's a neutral tone, like a cream colour is quite a common one, or a pale blue. And make sure that it's dyslexic friendly as well. So no, uh, you know, Comic Sans. Well, Comic Sans is fine, actually, but make sure it's legible. And that is it um, for now, anyway. I'd just like to add an additional mention in which that neurodiverse, sorry, neurodiverse students may suffer from anxiety and depression at times, particularly when it comes to deadlines or where they're juggling multiple uh, assessments and in order to make sure that they don't come across it or ease the pressure on them is to scaffold in terms of supporting them with uh, reminders, calendars, and just making sure they have org organization skills in order to cope with the amount of work they are intended to do. And also make sure that if they need that mental health support, point them in the right direction towards the universities or colleges um, provisional statements, for example. And finally, over to Dr. Robert Morgan on teaching religious education. Very brief guide to how to teach religious education. This brief guide may be used as you teach religious education in your school placement and in your early career teacher years. It's not by any means a comprehensive guide, but that could be informed from further reading. An example could be the Derek Bastide's 2007 Teaching Religious Education, second edition book. Or the possibility of joining a subject association, for example, the National Association of Teachers of Religious Education, or NATRE. Your first consideration is whether you wish to teach religious education. You have the right, under withdrawal, not to teach the subject or participate in collective worship or assembly, though you may have to attend for supervisory reasons. Assuming you do wish to teach religious education, I will take you through three questions. Why teach religious education? What is religious education? And how do you teach religious education? Question one, why teach religious education? Religious education is fundamental in our multicultural and multi-faith society. Therefore, any syllabus is written to inform, educate and enrich the lives of all its learners. Religious education is designed to teach learners to be increasingly literate in their understanding of religions, faith and belief within knowledge-rich nurseries, schools or colleges. It is taught through a creative pedagogy that enables you the freedom to meet the needs of critical thinkers, whatever their faith and belief. Good religious education is to be contemporary, innovative, inclusive, thought-provoking and challenging. It will deepen understanding, 
develop skills and show how all learners can live and learn in a cohesive community. It should produce confident and mature learners who will explore faiths and beliefs within their community to prepare and equip them for local, national and global challenges for the future. What is religious education? Religious education is the relationship that humans have with each other, with their environment on a local, national and global level, and with the search or interaction with a divine or supernatural being, identity or a key founder, or a non-faith reason to explain humans' position within the world and with each other. There are major faiths, so-called because of the number of followers worldwide, and within the United Kingdom, these six would be Buddhism, Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, Judaism and Sikhism. Other faiths may include Jainism, Taoism, Zoroastrianism, Baha'i or Paganism. Non-faith beliefs do not rely on a supernatural or divine reliance and may include humanism, Marxism or the latest one being ethical veganism. How do you teach religious education? The important thing is to take the agency or legitimacy from the fact that you have a free pedagogy. Use this acronym ICE, innovative, creative and experimentative. Ask yourself if you are a creative teacher. This self-reflective exercise is also good for you to decide why you want to teach this subject and to explore your own biases. Steer away from an emphasis on writing and certainly banish the idea of worksheets. Also, desist from the organisation of children based on existing ability groups, notably in English. This is nonsensical. Have the creativity to design activities and take a risk in your experimenting of the teaching and learning. The children need to see the relevance of why they are learning this subject. To teach religious education, you need to base subject knowledge. This can be constructed from this moment until a school placement starts. That said, however, when the teaching begins, it is perfectly acceptable not to know the answer to a question the child may ask. For example, where is heaven? Religious education has a philosophical element and so accept the concept of awe and wonder in the discussion and admit that you do not know. What you will need to be mindful of is tackling stereotypes, getting names spelt correctly and pronounced correctly, and to move away from a Judeo-Christian or Eurocentric view of the world. For example, knowing that for some faiths the year is not necessarily 2022 and Muslims don't have to wear a hijab and can be of white British ethnicity. You may wish to readdress the focus of the patriarchy found within this subject, so it would be useful to know of female figures from faiths and stories and contemporary female figures or leaders in the world today. After subject knowledge is secure, you will need to extract a key theme from a story or a festival. Whatever you interpret a theme to be, or whatever is suggested in your teaching syllabus, medium or short-term plan, is what makes religious education viable. You plan, resource, teach, deploy a TA and assess against the theme that you have chosen. For example, love, sacrifice, forgiveness, bravery, charity. Equity. Once that theme is identified or extracted, you can then apply ICE in the design and application of the teaching activity. The theme also makes religious education viable because it will cover the two attainment targets. Attainment target one, learning about a faith and belief, and attainment target two, learning from a faith and belief. It's important that you consider assessment within the teaching of religious education. Think of a head teacher doing a learning walk and popping into your classroom and asking what is going on here. 
the children must reply with the theme that you extract from your plan. If you are going outside, assess children's understanding and skills. Use technology, video, tablets, artificial intelligence, photography, audio recording, devices and art. Showcase that assessment. Above all, teach religious education and do it with justice. Do it with passion and do it creatively. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed our February episode of the PES podcasts. If you want to get involved, drop me an email on poppy.gibson at aru.ac.uk and we might just have you featuring in our next episode.